Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Riley Brakefield Show. I am your host, Riley Brakefield, where we talk most sports, politics, news, on um, funny shit, whatever's going on in the world, you know, whatever tickles my interest, whatever I feel like talking about on that certain given day. That's just what we do here. Um, I hope you enjoy the show. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. You can find this show on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Um, sorry about um, this week's earlier episode. If you want to go watch that one, go check it out on YouTube. I don't know what happened with the audio. I usually check it before I put it up. Everything seemed fine, and then I put it up, and then I checked it out myself, like I usually do, and all scraggly. I don't really know what that was all about, but my apologies if you listen to that one. But if you want to check it out on YouTube, it's still up there. Um, you can still you should have good audio quality on that one at least. Um, but today's show, we're going to be talking a little bit of college basketball, mock draft 2.0, regular season, you know, end of the regular season, so going into the mock draft for fun, um, all the wild card games, giving my thoughts, my picks, all that jazz, um, one love, one hate here, and just new start of the show, so let's just, let's just get into it. First off, news here, NFL head coaching firings, you know, we're going around here, Cardinals fired Cliff Kingsbury. They're looking for a new head coach, so they requested to interview Kirby Smart. Sounds like he's going to interview for it. Curious if he would take it. I don't think that he would. I think he's just more interested in kind of gauging the interest of the NFL and seeing if there would be a real possibility for him. But who really knows? Kind of interesting there. You know, Jim Harbaugh's name, he's been floating around a lot, especially with the Broncos. Um, We'll see what happens there. It sounds like it's kind of a real possibility. A lot of Michigan alumni fans or whatever upset with some guy named Ward Manuel. I don't really know his involvement with it too much, but it sounds like Harbaugh, there's a possibility. I would be surprised if Harbaugh went out the door considering that Blake Corum just announced he was returning for next year, but you never know. That's just how the world works. Sean Payton, more likely he's going to get a head coaching job. His name's been floating around for ever, for every single opening pretty much. So I'm sure that he'll get one, but interesting to see what's going to happen here. Who's going to get those jobs? You know, I, I always get surprised when college guys go to the NFL because, I don't know, to me the NFL just doesn't seem as appealing as being a college head coach, in my opinion. But that's per- that's because I'm partial to college football, always have been, always will be. In Tennessee, um, a female cop, you didn't see this, this is hilarious. A female cop in Tennessee got everything she was ever dreaming of, dude. She was fucking doing girls gone wild parties at the police station. She was having hot tub parties. You know, I bet she wished she had a hot tub time machine to go back in time and redo this whole ordeal because she was caught having sex with multiple officers. Um, multiple, multiple officers got fired, suspended, whatnot. But by far the best part of this is that she told all of her fellow officers that her and her husband have an open marriage. Um, and her husband came out and denied this. So yeah, there was at one point, I think three people over for a hot tub party and you know how that goes, a little orgy session. So absolutely hilarious story. You know, you understand that, you know, you're, you got one of the most stressful jobs in the world. Of course, you just got to get a quick fuck in here and there. That's just how it works, you know? Whatever. It's absolutely hilarious. Though. Probably one of my favorite favorite things I saw this week. By far, one of the most interesting things I saw this week, though, was a gentleman named Andre Dawson. Lives in Jasper Park or wherever this is. I don't exactly know where that's at. Um, just kind of got more into the details and figuring out the location. He recorded this video up on a mountaintop of what looks like a human figure. It looks like a ginormous human, so more likely a giant, right? Up on this mountain, um, kind of just walking about, walking about. You know, he got his buddy to pull over. He's, he, he has multiple TikToks. I would recommend go checking him out. You can kind of get better detail and kind of see things better. Anyways, he's, you know, he takes this figure of this giant, thinks there's a giant. He does all this other stuff. He's doing a whole bunch of videos talking about it and, 
he even tries to go up a trail one day and the cop there's a cop sitting there and he's like hey just just please turn around i thought that was weird the way the cop said hey please just turn around ends up turning around whatever a couple days later he releases a video puts it up on tiktok he's standing there all over with his hands in his pocket kind of looking over to the left kind of like somebody's sitting there talking to him you know, kind of like he's in danger almost. He's sitting there saying, it's all fake, it's all false, yada, yada, yada. I didn't mean to do it. And then the next day, he posts a video saying, none of it's fake, it's all real, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, he was allegedly, supposedly, possibly murdered. Um, people think it was by the CIA. You know, he said that the CIA had contacted him. Just an absolutely weird, crazy story. I recommend if you have TikTok, go check it out. I think it might even be on Twitter, probably, or Reddit, something like that. But the video that he got, it looks like it's probably a giant. And then I saw another video of this, you know, he took this other video where this guy was, or not this guy, this place, it almost looks like a, like a cell tower almost. Um, this other guy does this video about the cell tower and he zooms in on like Google Maps or something. There's like a big tall figure standing there. So possibly there's a giant living in Jasper Park. And even one of the other videos that he took, those two helicopters looked like they were extracting something from the forest. So, pretty interesting. I believe in giants. I believe in anything mythological because they all come from somewhere. They all got to be real. My personal opinion, you know. But, in other news, footage of Odell Beckham on that plane um, that he got kicked off a couple months back surfaced over the course of the, or surfaced today, sorry. And it looked like Odell was basically just being an absolute douchebag. He was fucking drunker than shit. He had his pants off. He was telling people that he could fly. He's going to fly private when they kick him off his plane. It's like, why didn't he fly private the whole time? I mean, but just a bad look for Odell. Not necessarily a good look for him. So he he said something on Twitter, but I just kind of ignored. I was like, you kind of of dug yourself a grave on this one, Odell. But by far the biggest news coming out of this week, though, in my opinion, is how the turntables have turned. Joe Biden was found to have some classified documents in his possession. If you don't recall, a couple months back, Trump also got in trouble for having classified documents in his possession. And the left came and said, you know, they put together a committee, you know, said this was horrible, said it was like 9-11, so all just this wild shit. And now their president does it. You know, weird. I don't care either way. I think it's weird that any political figure should have any type of classified documents. I find that extremely bizarre. But by far the most bizarre part about this is his attorneys and his advisors have been leaking this information, which then leads me to wonder, are they trying to push our old memory care patient into a memory care facility and get somebody else in there? Kind of seems like something like that possibly is happening. Very strange, very weird. I just thought it was weird that it was his advisors of all people and his lawyers of all people, too, they're giving out this information. So we'll see what happens with that. I just find it ironic and funny that, you know, after everything everyone said, things kind of got flipped on their head, turned out a completely different way. Just how they, everyone was coming against Trump, you know, now everyone, all the Republicans are going against Biden. It's just a whole ordeal. It's absolutely hilarious. But that's just how the world works, right? Now for this week's One Love, One Hate. This week, I'm living on gambling, man. I just love gambling. It's fun. It's a good way to kill some time. It makes sports a lot more fun to watch, you know. You kind of have more of a rooted interest in just some regular game on a Tuesday or Wednesday. I enjoy it. I love gambling. You know, I've talked about how I wish gambling was federally legal. Someday I want to open up a casino back in my hometown of Montana. Not my hometown, but my home state of Montana. You know, I just love gambling. I think it's fun. It's a good... 
it's a good stretch reliever. You know, you do it in moderation. You know, it's fun. You can enjoy sports. It's everything about it. It's a good time. You know, if I always wanted to go to Vegas and have a time there and try to play blackjack, I'm not very good at it, but I want to give my give my hand at it just for the fuck of it. But I love gambling. I think it's fun. You know, I don't think there's anything against it. If you have a problem, call one eight hundred Gambler and get it the fucking figured out. This week, I'm hating on Chinese food. I don't much care for Chinese food. I only really like orange chicken. You know, Chinese food to me, it's too many vegetables, too much weird shit. It's just not my, it's not my style. I, every time I go anywhere Chinese, all I ever get is shrimp fried rice or orange chicken. The rest of it, you know, throw it in the trash. I don't give a fuck about it. So I guess I don't necessarily hate Chinese food as a whole, but I hate the majority of Chinese food. I'd say probably, what is that, like 99.9% of it. So fuck you, Chinese food. It sucks. And also, if you never heard, apparently in China, I, I know this information off the top of my head because I talk about it all the time. In China, apparently, they sometimes use cooking oil, but they get it from the sewers because there's like a thin a thin layer of oil or something that sits on a sewer. They, they fucking scrape oh, it's disgusting. They scrape it up off out of the sewer, and then they cook it down or whatever, and that's what they cook with. It's absolutely disgusting. Grosses me out. But that's just, that's just China, man. They're, they're going downhill real quick. Now we'll move on to my mock draft 2.0. You know, the regular season is finished now. Kind of sitting here, you know, looking at different teams. You know, what are they going to do? What's their future looking like? Some teams still in the playoffs. I'm going to do another one, you know, after the playoffs, and then I'll probably do another one. Closer to the draft. I just enjoy mock drafts. They're fun. It's a fun way to screw around. Just going to hit a couple couple, couple, uh, couple picks here, I guess. That's the word I was looking for. Um Geez, I'm drawing a blank here. Just a couple of picks that I want to talk about. Um, you know, probably I'll put this, I'll put my mock draft out on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. I'll probably clip it out as well. But anyways, here's my mock draft 2.0. Mock draft 2.0. With the first pick, I don't think that the Bears should trade it personally. I think the Bears should just keep the pick, do the smart thing, just draft Will a- Will Anderson. I haven't picked Will Anderson. I think you can go Will Anderson. You know, you can go Jalen Carter. You can even go Peter Skrzanski. Anything to help interior offensive line, anything to help your offensive line or defensive line, I think is a smart play for the Bears. I would be surprised, though, if they don't trade back. Just for this, I didn't feel the need to trade back. I just think, why not sit there, take the pick. It's smart. Get it done with. You don't have to worry about anything else. You know, don't have to worry about the guy that you really want to even take it off the board. Second pick, the Texans own that. And I, I'm not necessarily in the camp that I think the Texans need to draft a quarterback. And I think right here, you know, early – Early on in the draft, with Peter Skronsky sitting there um, at tackle, you know, I think that's a need that they need. I think they need to go with that tackle. To me, it just makes more sense. Start building up the offensive line. Start building up the team as a whole. Just going to benefit them down the line moving forward, whether they draft a quarterback in the draft or not. So I, I would be they'll probably draft quarterback, but I think personally they should draft the offensive lineman. First quarterback I have getting taken off the board is Bryce Young at four to the Colts. If the, obviously, you know, if the Texans don't take a quarterback, if they don't do a trade with the Bears, Colts sitting there at four. The Cardinals are going to drop the quarterback. Bryce Young sitting there. You know, that's the best spot for one of these young quarterbacks, whether it's Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Whoever goes to the Colts, they're set up for the future. And if it's Will Levis, then sorry, Colts, you just continue to put yourself in a horrible spot. But I think that would be the smart pick for the Colts. It, it's Obviously, Bryce Young will be sitting there. The quarterback, you're coming into a roster that already has quite a bit of talent. You know, you have a decent run game, Jonathan Taylor. You have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. Yes, they had some injuries. Yes, they struggled this year. 
But at the same time, there's a very good foundation that is in place there. And I think it's definitely in place where if you get a young rookie quarterback in there, you can see success in year one, year two, year three, easily before that rookie contract is up, putting yourself in position to win a Super Bowl. You know, and that's that's kind of the mainstay of the NFL. You have to be somewhat have a, a, a quarterback on a young a young quarterback on his rookie deal. It's, it's sometimes the best and the easiest way to get to a Super Bowl and to win a Super Bowl. A couple other picks here that I think should happen that would be interesting. Lions at six, having the Rams pick. You know, Quentin Johnson, I think, would be sitting there. I think that would be a stellar pick for them. Bolster up the offense. Offensive lines do playing great. I don't think you need to do too much there. Defensively, yeah, you probably still need a little bit of help here and there. But to bolster up your offense when you already put out a really good year, you have two dynamic running backs. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown has excelled this year. Your wide receiver core is definitely moving in the right direction. And the guy like Quentin Johnson, a big downfield threat, would fit in very well. Give, give Jared Goff a big guy to throw to down the field. And he can create plays, and he—he's just—he's he's the best player in this class. Be a smart pick for the Lions at six, in my opinion. Another quarterback getting off the board. I have—I I could see if the Texans decided to go, you know, don't take quarterback at two. I have them trading with Atlanta here at eight, so that Atlanta, you know, Atlanta move back to twelve. Texas will move up to eight. I see them taking T.J. Stroud at that point because at that point, if you're trading up, the only reason. For that, as you're taking a quarterback if you're the Texans. Could be smart, could be bad. Like I said, I would rather see them build up their roster than hurry up and get a quarterback. I think you build up your roster, give Davis Mills another year. Doesn't work out, then you draft somebody. I mean, next year's quarterback class could be just as low. It'd be, it's going to be more loaded than this year's class because, in my opinion, Will Levis, I don't think he's going to excel at the NFL. Anthony Richardson is a project quarterback that's going to take two, three years possibly to develop, you know. I don't see – there's not a lot of quarterbacks in this draft. There's really only two, in my opinion, that have a potential to be solid starters in the NFL. That's C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. So, Texans taking C.J. Stroud at eight. Um, what other picks we got here? You know, with that Falcons trade, I, I have the Falcons at 12 and picking up Jordan Addison. I think that would be a, a good addition, you know, to go with Kyle Pitts, Drake London, get more weapons for whoever they decide to go with that quarterback. Continue to build their roster. I mean, we saw some. They saw decent success with Marcus Mariota. Could see it with Ritter next year. I, I think it'd be smart to just get more weapons on offense and become more of an elite offensive team. Before that, though, at eleven, I, I see the Titans taking Paris Johnson Jr. You know, everything's pointing towards a rebuild. Everything's pointing towards you know Taylor Wan being cut or released. So I would be really surprised if the Lions didn't go offensive line here, kind of get younger, take to getting rid of Taylor's contract would be big for them. So that to me would just be the smart pick down the line for them. At 14, I got the Patriots taking Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know, adding an elite wide receiver talent to their offense could be very beneficial for them. More than likely, you know, Bill Belichick won't do this, but to me, it makes sense to add a wide receiver when they don't have a lot of talent on offense. Give Mac Jones somebody else he can throw to. Almost makes too much sense. Pick after that at 15, I have the, tight, the Packers, excuse me, taking tight end, Michael Mayer. You know, getting a threat like him to add to their offense, whether they keep Aaron Rodgers or they move forward with somebody else in the future or trade or whatever they decide to do, I think it would be very beneficial to add a tight end. You know, it's a position they have a need. Tanya hasn't been as great as he was a few years back. Just adding to the offense would be, would be fucking tits. A couple other picks here to close it out. You know, um, nothing too crazy. Um, nothing that really jumps off the board to me that 
really needs talking about or really needs too much explanation. But last pick, you know, B. John Robinson, I think he could fall. You know, he's a, he's an unreal running back, unreal talent. I think he could fall all the way to the Bills at 29, though. And if the Bills were, you know, say the Bills don't win, say the Bills don't win the Super Bowl this year, you know, they're obviously not drafted last in the first round. I think there's a real legit possibility to draft a guy like Bijan Robinson and just add more talent to their offense would be a phenomenal move for them. I would love to see that happen for the Bills. So that's why I have them at 29, taking Bijan Robinson. Unreal talent, unreal ability, just adding to their offense, you know, to pair with what they already have to the passing game, to take some of that running load off of Josh Allen would be very beneficial for the Bills moving forward. That's my mock draft. Obviously, check it out online, you know. Tell me what you think. Give me your thoughts. Tell me if I'm wrong. Probably am, but who fucking cares? I just like to talk shit anyways. Here we go. That's just how it be. That's just how it be. But this weekend, Saturday, we got a pretty loaded college basketball slate. Pretty big one. Quite a few good games, you know. A couple good games earlier this week, too. I was watching TCU Texas last night. TCU blew that one. That was crazy. I'll talk about that a little bit more. Not too much. What am I kidding? I'm not going to talk too much about it. But let's get into it. Kentucky, Tennessee this weekend in Knoxville. Kentucky really seems to be on the downhill turn right now. They are really not playing good football whatsoever. I really do not like the direction that they're going. They're really, you know, it might be the end of the Cal Perrier. There's a lot of people, a lot of the fan base doesn't want him there anymore. A lot of guys want him out the door. There was a guy at the game against South Carolina earlier this week holding up a sign saying, please go to Texas or something like that, who got kicked out of the game, got assigned to the game, one or the other. But I don't think Kentucky is in a place right now where they're playing good basketball. And Tennessee is playing unreal basketball. They're the best team in the country defensively. They have a huge point differential. It's what? the high, Yeah, they have the highest point differential in the country at 22 points. Or the second highest, sorry. They have the second highest point differential in the country at 22 points. I imagine they'll be favored in this game. You know, I could see them winning anywhere between eight at the minimum. I think they're just going to absolutely dominate. You know, they spread the ball around. They play really good offense, play really good defense. There's, there's multiple different directions this could go, but I think for the most part, Tennessee wins pretty easily. I don't know why they said that, why I said they'd go multiple different directions. I'm just I'm just putting words out there to just say words. That's not true. It's going one way. Tennessee's going to be the dog piss out of the Wildcats. Miami, NC State. Miami's 16th in the country right now. Playing really good. The Wolfpack are playing really good too as well, though. You know, this one's going to be at... At NC State, both teams have been up and down um, defensively, um, but both teams offensively are in the top 15 points per game. Both teams can really score. They have guys they can score the ball at will. I really like the over in this one, especially if it's sitting at the 140, 145, somewhere in there. Seems really easy money to me. You know, both teams are averaging, I think it was like 79, 78 points a game. So I expect a ton of points in this one because both teams defensively aren't that good. Um, but offensively, they are. You know, Miami's one of the worst, not one of the worst, but they're like 100th defensive in their, their defensive range, like 100 and something. NC State's a little better, I think, in the 50s or something like that. Yeah. So I, I expect a high-scoring game on Saturday for those two. Kansas State, TCU, um, really like where both these teams are going right now. Two of my favorite teams so far this year. I've really enjoyed watching them. You know, Kansas State, one of the earlier surprises of the year. No one really thought they'd be here. You know, only one loss, ranked 11th in the country. They really have a dynamic duo that's been carrying them. Keontae Johnson, he's averaging 18.4 points per game and seven seven something rebounds per game. You know, and they're, they, he's their forward. He's their power forward, I believe. And they have a guard by the name of Marquise Noel. Ne- ne- Marquise 
Knoll. He's averaging 17.2 points per game and 8.8 assists per game right now. Unreal, dynamic duo. They're playing really good basketball as a whole. Kansas State is, you know, they've been they've been able to score the middle play defense pretty well. TCU though is a team that I really do like this year. You know, I keep saying Mike Miles name wrong. I keep calling him Miles Price for some reason, but Mike Miles, you know, he really carries TCU's offense. He really carries them in the ability to score and defensively TCU is a pretty good team not the best but i do like the direction that they're going this year either way this game for me is really fun i really like both teams i think it's gonna be a pick em line honestly i don't really know what direction the line's gonna lean um just tcu's loss earlier this week kansas state on a tear but at tcu so it's just gonna be whoever the underdog is that's what i'm gonna pick more than likely i'm gonna go money line on the underdog to win this game just that's just to me that's just what it screams underdog is gonna win the game Another Big 12 matchup that's big time this week, two ranked teams, Iowa State, Kansas, Iowa State, 14th in the country, Kansas, number two in the country. <clears throat> Sorry, I think it was a throw up there for a second. Holy shit, that was weird. I was going to throw up. My apologies. Kansas survived earlier this week against OU. Um, they didn't look too great. You know, they kind of got lucky to close out the game there. Iowa State's been really good this year. Iowa State defensively though unreal unreal top five um defensive rating in the Ken Palm ratings very very good defensively and you know they they just don't allow points you know both these teams are pretty low in the points that they allow per game Kansas also is 13th in defensive rating on Ken Palm on rankings so to me I really feel like this is gonna be an under game um, I feel like the over-under is going to come out around 130, somewhere around there, you know, between 125 to 137 feels feels right to me. Um, if it pushes up towards, you know, well, if it goes more down towards, like, the 125 range, I wouldn't take it. If it's sitting a 130 and above, the under seems to be the really smart play there for me. So that's more likely where I will go on Saturday, depending on where that line goes. If it doesn't, I might go Iowa State money line because I imagine Kansas would be favored. They're number two in the country right now. They're at home. Tough to play Allen Fieldhouse, but I really like the under in this game. Last game on Saturday that tickles my interest, Duke-Clemson. Clemson's playing really good basketball right now. They haven't lost a game in the ACC. Kind of a surprise story here in the ACC early. Playing really good basketball. They'll be at home for this one. Duke's kind of had up and downs this year. I really feel like it, I really feel like Clemson should win this one. You know, they played okay defensively and offensively, but being at home, you know, being on the tear that they are, I feel like they're going to pull the upset, especially with where Duke has been for the most part this year. One game on Sunday that really is going to be a fucking good one is Marquette, Xavier. Marquette, fresh off their huge upset against UConn earlier this week. You know, UConn was right sixth. Shaka Smart and the boys pulled it off. They're playing really good basketball. Xavier, though, is also playing really good basketball. Both these teams are pretty hot right now. Sorry, dude. I feel like I'm going to throw up. Okay. Marquette is third in the country in Ken Palm on offense. Xavier's seventh in the country in Ken Palm on offense. Both teams can really, really score the ball. They both lead the Big East in points per game. The over should hit. I mean, this one's probably going to be sitting at the 160 to 170 range. I really do like the over, though. I really think this is going to be a big-time scoring game. Both these teams, you know, they're they're – they're like 83 and 90th, respectively, in defensive rating on Kempon. So they play okay defense, but they really don't play that great of defense. And they really, 
Both teams really just score the ball. To me, it's going to be fun to watch Cam Jones. He's averaging about 15 points per game for Marquette. He's playing really good basketball. And then for Xavier, Sully Baum is playing really good as well. He's averaging about, what is he averaging? I didn't even write it down. My apologies. Whatever. But both those two, they're going to be going toe-to-toe. I expect tons of points for these two. Like I said, 160, 170, somewhere around there. Feels right. Feels good. Feels like that's what you should take. But that's just some college basketball. You know, I'll give out some more picks on Twitter um, on Saturday and throughout the week as well. I was going to give out some today, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. I haven't really looked at the board too much for today. Um, but let's move on. Let's go to the NFL playoff preview. Wild card weekend is kicking off um, on Saturday. Starting with the Seahawks 49ers first game of wild card weekend. Niners should come out and handle this one pretty easily. You know, the line's sitting at 10. You know, early in this last game, 49ers won by 8. Early in the season, they won by 20. Seahawks have kind of been up and down. They kind of snuck into the playoffs a little bit. I really feel like, you know, the talent and what everything the 49ers have is just, they're they're the best team in the NFC, in my opinion. They've been to the Super Bowl before. Most of this core has been to the Super Bowl. They went to the NFC Championship last year. They know what they have to do. I don't care about you know, having a young quarterback like Brock Purdy, I think that it's going to play to their advantage and they're going to find a way to get the job done and win this one, cover the spread pretty easily by about 10. Because what is, yeah, sitting at 10, I think, I think the Niners, I think the Niners will cover that pretty easily. Chargers, Jaguars should be a really, really fun one to watch two young quarterbacks. Um, you know, both these teams are pretty hot right now. Jaguars, they've won their last five. They're averaging about 29 points per game. Their offense is really looking good. Chargers, you know, they're they're one four of their last five. Lost that last one to the Broncos to finish out the season. But they're averaging about 23 points a game as well, you know. Their defense is just a little bit better, though, than what the Jaguars have. But I really do like the over in this one at 47 and a half. I feel like there's going to be tons of points, you know. I mean, 48, it's going to be, that's never got to get to. A 31-24 ball game to me seems Easy, doable, should happen no matter what. So over 47.5 for that one on Saturday. Dolphins and Bills, you know, not much to really say about this game. Um, Bills should win easily. Um, Lines at 13.5, I think they'll cover that. The big key for the Dolphins is, you know, when you have talent like Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and you have a young quarterback like Skylar Thompson, who's not not the best, you know, he's, he's doing what he can to help the team win. But having that kind of talent at wide receiver, you know, you really should just focus on short, quick little passes, get the ball to those guys and let them make plays because that's the best way that they can win. And that is how, you know, that's how the Dolphins will keep themselves in this game. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Bills are too inspired right now. You know, they really want to win this championship. Playing for DeMar as well, you know, just it makes too much sense for me for the Bills to just win this game easily beating the shit out of the Dolphins. Giants, Vikings, you know, the biggest thing that everyone's looking at this game, especially Vikings fans, is this is not a 1 p.m. game. And that has to have Vikings fans worried. 1 p.m. is just Kirk's slot. Anytime after that, Kirk just does not seem to get the job done. They're 3-3 three and three in games that are at 1 p.m. Um, the biggest key in this game, though, is going to be if the Vikings can run the ball. The Vikings are in the bottom five in yards per game at, like, 99. But the Giants are the sixth worth sixth worst team against the run they're allowing like 144 yards a game if the vikings can come out and take advantage of the run they should be able to win this game easily you know they can't rely necessarily on passing the ball to justin jefferson and out of feeling and just hoping something good happens run the ball and they should be able to win this game easily the line sitting at three and a half 
I feel like that's easily coverable. I think the Vikings will do that. I think the Vikings win. I'm not I'm not believing in the Giants whatsoever. They just they, to me they're not a team that's ready to win to win the playoffs yet or do anything special. Having a quarterback like Daniel Jones, I don't have too much trust or faith in him. I just don't. Ravens, Bengals. As far as um, Lamar's not playing in this game, so line sitting at ten. You know that's the big key. If Lamar was playing, it'd be a whole different ball game. You know, the Ravens would be. <clears throat> it would the line would be a little bit closer to like three or four or something like that. Not sitting around ten. Bengals should win this one easily. They're on a tear. They know what they have to do to get back to the Super Bowl. Ravens are just in their way. Beat them last week. I think they'll do it again. Bengals minus nine and a half. Right? Yeah. Bengals minus nine and a half makes too much sense. Joe Burr getting the job done. Last game, last note for the show here. Cowboys, Bucks, everyone knows it, but I have to keep saying it. Tom Brady never lost to the Cowboys, and Tom Brady just knows how to turn it up around the playoffs. He knows how to get the job done. You know, this team, to me, the Bucks roster as a whole is better than the Cowboys. Everything about it, you know, they just have a lot more talent. Dak's been not playing very consistent this year. He's thrown a lot of interceptions. That could play a huge factor this weekend. I didn't expect him to throw at least two or three just because that's just the Cowboys' luck. Also, I saw something that this is the first time in 15 years the Cowboys have made back-to-back playoff appearances. Why are we constantly talking about them as being this fucking upper echelon team when they just never fucking get shit done? Fucking baffles me. But I think Bucks should win this one. You know, Cowboys are favored. Who fucking knows why? It just everyone's believing that Cowboys are the Cowboys of the old. They're, they're just not. They're just... Point blank period. They're not the Cowboys of old. Bucks money line is the easy pick on Monday. I don't know how the Bucks don't win this game. I just don't. I have no faith in the Cowboys whatsoever. But what do I know? I just sit here and talk shit and talk sports, huh? But that's today's show. I enjoy you sticking around. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Send to your friends, family members, whatever you do. Spread the word. Spread the gambling advice. Spread spread the show. But thanks for sticking around. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I'm on all those. But for now, boy, titties. Is out.